خير ان شاء الله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا يوافي نعمه ويكافي مزيده يا ربنا لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك وعظيم سلطانك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم خير ان شاء الله last time we discussed and we'll go over one more time for about the music the fourth a sin of the tongue which is Disputation, argumentation and competitive debate with people Right, so what is the problem with arguing and debating And you know, competitive debate with people So he says here These things entail harming the one being addressed and how in what sense making him feel ignorant and criticizing him and as well as praising oneself and attesting to one's superiority in both intelligence and knowledge this is what happens when somebody likes to argue with people likes to debate with people right he likes to basically show off the knowledge that he has he's trying to make the other person feel stupid at the same time he's trying to make himself look good yeah, look, I know this and you don't know this, right? I, I, I have this knowledge and you don't know what the hell you're talking about, right? So this thing is what he's mentioning here is very, very important that you make sure you try your best to stay away from arguing or having any, some sort of dispute, right? As a mu'min, we try to be like the least problematic person. We try to be less, as least problematic as possible, right? So he says, ثُمَّ هُوَ مُشَوِّشٌ لِأَنَّكَ إِمَّا رَأَيْتَ فِيهَا and he says, moreover, these things disturb the clarity and peace in your life because if you debate with the fool, he will annoy you. Right? And if you debate with a more intelligent person, he will disdain and detest you. Right? If you debate with somebody who's obviously not as knowledgeable, right? There's not there's not much of a point. Right? You're just making yourself more angry but as you go along. As you argue with this person, you're realizing there's literally no point to arguing with him arguing with him. We know Tamim, you know what we're talking about here. Right? <laughs> we had an encounter like this in Ramadan. Right? If you argue with somebody, right, who just for the sake of arguing, he just wants to argue, there's no point. Right? And if you just leave it, you're like, you know what? There's not much of a point arguing. He's not going to listen regardless. Just leave it. Inshallah, everything will be good. Anyway, uh, and he says, وسلم, He says that whosoever leaves a quarrel while he is in the wrong, Allah will build him a house on the outskirts of paradise. And whoever leaves a quarrel while he is in the right, Allah will build him a house in the hi- highest parts of paradise. This is mentioned in uh, Tirmidhi. And uh, that's just some, like, you know, small, like, you know, look over of what we did last week. So, inshallah, we're going to do the fifth, uh, fifth sin of the tongue. It says, Al-Khamis, Tazkiyatun Nafs. Alright, Tazkiyatun Nafs. What does it mean here? He says, ascribing goodness to oneself, right? Ascribing good attributes to yourself. Like, I'm like this and I'm like that. Praising yourself over and over and over again. He's saying, this is the fifth sin of the tongue that you should refrain from. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Allah says, He says, Indeed, Allah Most High says, Do not ascribe goodness to yourself. He is more knowing of, uh, of the one who is God-fearing. A sage was once asked, right? Not from Naruto. A sage, <laughs> right? He's talking about a pious person, right? He was once asked, what is something uh, true yet vile? Right? What is something true yet very, like an ugly truth? Right? So he says, he answered, a person, a person's praising himself. Right? A person who praises himself over and over and over again. Because imagine if you're around that type of person who just loves talking about himself all the time. Yeah, I've accomplished this in life. I've done this. I've done that. You're like, bro, nobody cares. Like, nobody wants to be around that type of company. Right? Nobody wants to be around that type of person. Is always his main goal in life is to just show everybody that he's like you know he's the guy, 
Right? Nobody wants to be around that type of thing. So that's what he said. The ugly truth. Right? So he says, So beware of getting accustomed to doing this. If somebody is praising you, right? Don't feel so good about it. Don't be like, ah, oh, yes, you know, me, that's right, that's right, praise me. No, no, no. Don't, don't always understand that whatever we have is from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever we have achieved in this dunya, we, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing that we have in this dunya is from our own doing. Right? Nothing that we have attained in this dunya is from our own doing. You know, uh, the same mistake that a lot of times what happens is people forget the source of everything. Right? Allah is the source of everything, right? We know the famous story of Qarun, right? Who knows who Qarun is? Right? He's the uh, vicegerent of Fir'aun. So what he, what he did was, he also forgot the source. And he said the same thing. Again, praising himself. Right, that he said, I was given, because Qarun was known for, to have a lot of wealth and a lot of money and a lot of treasures. So he said the same thing. He said, That I was given this, right, because of the knowledge that I have. Right? Or in nowadays terms, you can say, because of this degree that I have, or because of this master's degree that I have. Right? That's what he's saying. And then what happened after that? He came out in front of his nation in, in like basically in, in a boasting manner, in such a beautified manner, trying to show everybody that, that, he's, like, you know, that he's the guy. What did, what did the people say? Those people who wanted the life of the dunya, they said, Why haven't we been given the same thing that Qarun has been given? Right? Qarun has been given so much. Right? Why haven't we been given the same? He has so much. And now the people of knowledge, what did they say to those people? وَيْلَكُمْ right? May the curse of Allah be upon you. ثَوَابُ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ لِمَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِنَ الصَّالِحَةِ The thawab and the reward of Allah is better for you. Right? Don't fall into the deception of looking at this guy because he has so many things. Right? And what is Allah, what is mentioned, what is mentioned, what, uh, what happened to Qarun after that? فَخَسَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ Right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened up the earth. Right? Open and open up a sinkhole for Qarun and all of his treasures and everything were, were gone. Just in the span of one second. Right? And then with those same people that were saying that, they, they said the next morning, Those people woke up the next morning who wanted his same wealth. They had this manna. They wanted his, his makan and his wealth and his treasures. What did they say? Have we not believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right, we have been, we would have suffered the same fate. Right, so whenever we do something in life, whenever we achieve, whatever, whatever we get a job, whenever we, you know, start a business, whenever we do something, always re- return all of your favors and things you have done back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Because if we do not, Allah is going to show us. Allah will show us that okay, you think you've done everything yourself? Just like how Allah takes money away from us as a test, Allah gives it to us as a test as well. That first of all, where did you get your money from? Right? This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how do you use your money? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also uh, keep that into account as well. Khayr, inshallah, he says. Anyway, Khayr. Yeah, he says. وَعَلَمْ Understand very well. أَنَّ ذَلِكَ يَنْقُصُ مِنْ قَدْرِكَ عِنْدَ النَّاسِ وَيُوجِبُ مَقْتَكَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ He says. Know also that it, it, that it decreases the esteem in which people hold you and cause you to be detested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the magnificent, the majestic. Right? And he says, وَإِنْ أَرَدْتَ أَنْ تَعْرِفَ أَنَّ ثَنَاءَكَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ عَلَى نَفْسِكَ لَا يَزِيدُ فِي قَدْرِكَ عِنْدَ غَيْرِكَ فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ أَقْرَانِكَ إِذَا أَثْنَوْا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ بِالْفَضْلِ وَالْجَاهِ وَالْجَاهِ وَالْمَالِ كَيْفَ يَسْتَنْكِرُهُ قَلْبُك وَكَيْفَ تَذَمُّهُمْ عَلَيْهِ إِذَا فَارَقْتَهُمْ فَعْلَمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَيْضًا فِي حَالِ تَسْكِيَتِكَ نَفْسَكَ يَذُمُّونَكَ بِقُلُوبِهِمْ وَيَظْهِرُونَهُ بِأَلْسَنْتِهِمْ إِذَا فَارَقْتَهُمْ So he says, If you wish to understand how praising yourself does not increase you in esteem with others, consider how you feel when your contemporaries praise themselves for their merits, rank, and wealth. Right? Just being around that company is just so like, it's very annoying. Just being around that company all the time, around people like, yeah, dude, like, you know, I'm doing this and I... One thing is that you're showing your ni'mah in a way to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, for example, if I say that I'm a hafid, right? Am I lying that I'm a hafid? No, I'm not. 
I'm speaking the truth. At the same time, I'm thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah has given me the Quran. Right? Or if I say anything else, if I say, you know, a Rahmat is a big guy. Right? He lifts weights. He's a big guy. I'm not lying. Right? It's apparent. At the same time, it's you attribute it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? You attribute everything back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now imagine if, this, if, if the roles were reversed. And I'm over here just like, yeah, dude. I'm a hafid, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, how, you know how, how I can recite in salah, bro? Nobody can do that. Right? Nobody is able to do that. That's now where you're crossing the line. Now you're pulling at that garment of Allah, which I mentioned many times. What is that? Pride. Al-kibriya uridai. That kibir, that pride is Allah's garment. Right? And now when you're pulling at Allah's garment, now you're getting yourself in trouble. Right? So he said, okay, you want to be, you want to experience this? Just surround yourself with people like this that always praise themselves. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate to be around that company at all times. No one wants to be around a person who's always constantly praising themselves. Right? Nobody ever wants to be around that person. And then he says, yeah. Consider how you feel when your contemporaries praise themselves for their merits, rank, and wealth. How your heart disapproves of it and how your nature finds it unbearable. Right? You just, don't, you just can't bear it. Like, dude, shut up, bro. Stop talking about yourself. Nobody cares. Right? And he says, once you are away from them, you criticize them for it. Now, that's what happens. When you surround yourself with this kind of a crowd, later on when they leave, you start to backbite about these people. Like, dude, I can't believe it. Can you believe this guy? What does he think he is? Right? You start to do it. But you see how all these, these, these ma'asiyat and these sins are connected some way or another? Like this, we've done what? How many so far? We've done six so far. Or five. Five so far. And they're all connected in some way. So if, cause if you're not going to do one thing, if you do one thing, it's going to connect back to the other. If you do another thing, it's going to connect back to the other. Yeah, what's up? Uh, like what if, let's say you're, usually it's, it happens with our parents where they'll see something someone has done, right? Mm-hmm. Certain actions will be like, Look, you got it like as a lesson, but they sort of talk about, okay, this person did such and such. Look, he ended up here, caused him a lot of problems. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, how is that? So, parents, one thing they need to understand is that they shouldn't mention any names, right? Yeah. Because automatically, once you mention somebody's name, automatically right there, you're not falling into backbiting. You never want to, obviously, now, because now, if, I, if let's say if your parents are telling you something about that person, in your mind, automatically, your notion starts to become negative about that person. Yeah. Right, no, I don't want to be like that guy. That's what automatically happens. So for, for parents, the most important thing is that when we're trying to teach our kids a lesson, like we don't have kids, I'm saying like in general, right? Uh, inshallah, once we have kids, we need to make sure that we don't mention or don't put anybody down in front of our kids. Exactly. Don't put anybody down in front of your kids because yeah. now those kids are going to look back at that person like, oh, don't be like that person, right? Don't be, don't be like this and such and such person. Jazakallah khayr Don't person. <laughs> now, he says You should realize that when you praise yourself They too uh, revile you, uh, you in their hearts While they are, uh, are with you And then when they apart from you Give voice to their feelings Alright, same thing You want to praise yourself You are around somebody who praises themselves You're going to do the same thing Right, when you praise yourself around the people Those same people that you're with They're going to go behind your belly, bro like, like this guy thinks he's something, bro. Like he's nothing. I don't know, like who the hell does he think he is, right? So always make sure that's why he mentions very, very important that that praise is for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We always attribute it back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Never ever attribute it back to yourself, right? That's always keeping you humble. Right? It's always gonna keep you humble. That Allah is the one who's giving me all these bounties in life. Allah is gonna be the one who can take it away from me as well. So if I praise myself, right? Again, praising yourself is different than thanking Allah for the ni'mah that you have. Right? When we, when we have a ni'mah and we, we recognize it, we thank Allah. Like, Alhamdulillah, Allah has given me this ni'mah. Right? Always attribute it back to Allah. Don't ever attribute it back to yourself. That, oh, I, I, because of me, I have this and that. Okay, inshallah. So that's the fifth ma'asiyah uh, of the tongue. So now we've done five. What are the five that we've done so far? What's the first, first one we did? The first one that we did. Lying. Lying. Breaking a promise. Breaking a promise. <laughs> Backbiting. Backbiting. Disputation, argumentation, competitive yes, debate. Yes, yes. Number five. Ascribing goodness, Good, to, goodness oneself. to oneself. Good, mashallah. So that's the five. Now we're moving on to number six, which is Allah. 
Cursing. Right? Now, what kind of cursing is going to tell you ahead? Take care never to curse anything that Allah Most High has created, whether an animal or a type of food or a particular person. He says, nor to swear that one of the people of the Qibla is guilty of associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or of disbelief or of hypocrisy. Indeed, the only, uh, the only one who sees the secrets of the hearts is Allah the Most High. So do not come between Allah Most High and His slaves. And he says, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّكَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ لَا يُقَالُ لَكَ لِمَا لَمْ تَلَعَنْ فُلَانْ أَوْ لِمَا سَكَتَّ لَعَنْهُ Know that on the day of judgment, you will not be asked, Why did you not curse or insult so-and-so? Or why were you silent regarding uh, such and such person? Yeah. Um, when he says people of Qibla, does he mean like sects of Islam? Like that you're not calling other sects of Islam, Oh, you're a mushrik, or you're a kafir, or a hypocrite? Is that what he means? Or is there a reason why he used the word Qibla instead of like... Then he just use it uh, in general. Yeah. So he's gonna explain that ahead. Oh, okay. I inshallah. So that's the beauty about this. He always explains everything ahead. Okay. Inshallah. So anyway, so that's what he's saying here. Uh, Allah's not gonna ask you on Yom Qiyamah that why didn't you curse this and such and such person? Why didn't you curse that person? Why didn't you say this about so and so? La'ana comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? La'ana comes from Allah, mercy comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now when we are taking it upon ourselves to curse other people. Now we are, again, now we're getting between Allah and His ibad and His servants. So at that point, we do not do that. We do not curse anybody under any circumstance. Right? Don't, like, you know, a lot of, say, a lot of times we say that, always try to keep yourself in check. Don't curse yourself either. Right? Always, always like, try to motivate yourself to do good. Don't curse yourself like you're this, you're that. Right? And he says, Moreover, uh, Moreover, if you never once in your entire life curse Iblis or even make mention of him, you would not be questioned about it. Right? Even Shaitan, right, which is Iblis, Allah is not going to ask you, why didn't you curse Shaitan? Allah is not ordering you to curse Shaitan. That curse is already coming from Allah's side. Right? Cursing Fir'aun is already coming from Allah's side. Cursing any other time that has come in the past is all coming from Allah's side. Allah does not need us to go ahead and be like, you know what, yeah. Like rally behind Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, curse this guy. No, Allah doesn't need that. Right? Allah is not going to ask us on Yom Qiyamah, why didn't you curse shaitan? Right? Why didn't you say this about shaitan? Why didn't you say this about shaitan? Right? We can seek refuge from shaitan. We read our du'as to make sure shaitan does not come close to us. But at the same time, we do not curse even shaitan. That he's Imam Ghazali saying here. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by cursing? Cursing like, oh, that thing is like stupid or... Not like, imagine like you just you really hate shaitan. We all hate shaitan, right? All like people saying, but like, like curse yeah, you. yeah, like you know, forget that. Like you know, just saying even like cursing towards shaitan, like saying bad words, yeah. saying stuff like that. Like, Allah isn't gonna ask you about that. I do like okay, what benefit did you give me by cursing shaitan? Right, you're only harming yourself, right? Because Allah is telling us not to curse, so that's why. So he says, He says, moreover. Uh, um, you would not be, uh, but if you curse someone, you will be held responsible for it and be questioned about it. He says, do not find fault within, with anything in Allah's creation. For the Messenger of Allah وسلم, never once criticized, criticized food that was not good. Rather, if he liked the food, he would eat it. And if not, he would leave it. Right? No ever criticize. The first part is very, very important here. That for the Messenger of Allah, he never once did he criticize. Uh, do not find fault with anything in Allah's creation. Right? This is the propaganda that is being spread today. That everybody is telling you, find faults in this person. Find faults in that person. Right? Don't worry about the faults in yourself. Society is making you such where it's making you feel like you're somebody and everybody else around you is nothing, right? It should be the complete opposite that you're nothing and you know aspire to be like other people and in in the way that they perform good, 
Right? Don't ever try to uh, uh, put other people down or don't ever think that you're... Because once you have contentment in yourself that I'm at a certain status, then obviously nothing's going to change you because you have convinced yourself, getting back to the beginning and the introduction, remember? When he talks about that third student of knowledge who have, has already, he deems in himself that he has the connection with Allah and he has this... Uh, he has this relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, already then you have messed up. Right? You've messed up already. Don't think that. Don't think that you have this relationship. Rather, always try to focus and fix yourself over and over and over again. Rather than pointing out the mistakes of other people, right? This person looks like this. This person acts like this. This person does this action. He does that. He does that. Right? You know we like to roast people, right? Okay, roasting is good. You know, we all like to... I mean, it's not good. I'm not going to say that. But I'm saying it's good to a certain extent. Right? Once it starts to get into people's feelings, then it's like, okay, man, you got to relax. Right? You got you to take it easy. Because now you're harming the Muslim brother. You're harming a brother. And like, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to be liable uh, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not anybody else. So he says here, that is the... And then the last part, he says, Rasulullah says that if he liked food, he would eat it. If he, if he did not, he would leave it. But he would never complain. Right? Nowadays, if we don't have anything on the, like everything that we want on the iftar table, right, we like to complain. Right? We need to have every single thing, right? We never stop and just be thankful for our moms that they do so much in, in the month of Ramadan, right? This is, I'm not even talking about in the month of Ramadan, but outside of Ramadan, right? They, they do so much for us. They cook, right, on just on Eid, pass by. We know how much food they make on Eid and everything, right? At the same time, we are never thankful to the, if something's wrong, like, oh, you know, this is the salt is too less salt. Okay, why don't you try to make the food then, right? Try to make the food yourself or try to try do that. You know, we're not able to do that. We love to complain so much, but we never want to do the work ourselves, right? So Rasulullah was never like that, right? He would ask Rasulullah would cook at home as well. And saying, I'm not saying I, I'm like, I, I don't cook. I cannot cook. For, I can barely boil water, right? But I'm saying that we should try to adopt the habits of the Prophet Sallallahu just like how he was in his household, right? He would take care of his family. He would cook for them. Right, he would wake them up for tahajjud. He would do all the different types of things. Right, these are things we should adapt, uh, adopt from the life of the Prophet Wasallam and not complain well, just because we think it's time to complain. Yeah. So you have a question? So uh, even like, what about like looking at reviews for like restaurants? That's like looking at other people complaining about this. It's better off not like looking at that as well. Yeah. See, I mean, look that that. For you, as long as you're not complaining yourself, you're just trying to get an idea of what people are saying. Right? Yeah. For me personally, I don't want to. I don't go online and complain about restaurants. Right? Yeah. It's not a good thing. It's just like you know, right? because it's it's a it's a it's a business owner. You know, you don't want to like. But at the same time, right? If the food is really that bad, right? <laughs> right? You could leave like a like a nice comment, like you know, with all due respect, your food is. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they they kind of want you to do that sometimes. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I mean that's why they have their Yelp page there for a reason. Yeah, I mean, so that's also a good point too. Right, they want you to do it. Like they want you to leave a review, right? So yeah. try your best to leave a good review, right? If it's not if it's not good, try to leave a good bad review. If what, you know if, what, I'm what if like someone's like asking you, like, "Yo, is this place good?" And you like the last time you went, you were like, "Oh." Yeah, like, just be like personally, I is didn't. Is it like better it. not to say anything? Yeah, be like personally, I didn't like it. Like, yeah. It's not like you know because this is a restaurant; it's public. You know? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not a person. It's not, like, someone, you're someone, not going to my mom's house and be like, ah. Yeah, exactly. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't go to his house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, what if you're trying to correct, like, a brother who's making a mistake a lot of times and you're, well, you're discussing with Rams, a, yeah. Yeah. And you're discussing with, a, with another friend and you're like, how can we, uh, like, how should we maybe stay away from this guy who keeps keep saying these stuff. How we discuss this, right? We discuss this. How do you... Uh, I'm going to let y'all answer. I'm not going to answer this one. You guys, we've done this so many times by now, so... You asked the question last time. Did you, they shouldn't uh, I think it was... Not me, bro. I think it was you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the question... Yeah, it was, so he's asking... Yeah, so you have to be anonymous about it. You can't... You can't... Like, like if you're describing the situation, you can't just be like... Oh, brother wearing a Dean of Redunia hoodie <laughs> might be Afghan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Pretty good. I mean, if, okay, yeah. That, that, that's a good way to put it as well. But one way you could put it is that just if you know somebody has bad habits, right, don't leave them alone. Right? Even like Kari said when he came last week, he yeah. said the same thing. He's like, if you have a friend who has bad habits, don't just leave them alone and let them do their thing. Right? Try to bring them closer to Islam. Right? Try to bring them to halaqahs with you. Try to come bring them to class with you. Who knows? Because of that action of yours, it might change. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't focus on the negative of people. 
Right? We focus too much on the negative. Oh, this person has this habit. He has that habit. He has this. He has that. If we focus more on the positive of people, then obviously we're going to have, like, you know, they're going to be like, you're going to be more like, inclined towards them. So we should try not to focus on negative people and try to make sure that you fo- point out their positive things that they're doing. Because if you point out the negative things, they're going to move further away from you. That's right? also a good point, I think, what you said in terms of, like, relation. Like, when you, when you try and find negatives in other people, automatically... Like unconsciously, it makes you see yourself a little better. Yeah, in of reality, course. we should be right. We yeah, because be. your mind instinctively, instinctively, you're just like, oh, okay, you know, at least I don't have that problem. Yeah, at least I'm not like this. At least I'm not like that. That's not something you're doing on purpose, but it's your instinct that's just telling you that, dude. I'm just like, I just don't have that, which means I'm better than you, right? Yeah. So that's why in Islam, it's so emphasized to not even like point a finger at people for that reason, because perhaps you could feel like you know you you're something, right? Anyway, getting back to the. Uh, Getting back to the book here. So anyway, that was the sixth one. And now we're finally getting to the last two. Sabia. Man, we spent like two weeks on this, bro. Alright. Right? He says, supplicating against creation. Making dua against somebody. Don't ever make dua against someone. Right? Oh Allah, like put this person through like you know the worst time. Make, <laughs> no, don't ever do that. Alright? He says, he says, restrain your tongue from supplicating against any of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if he has wronged you. Even if he has wronged you in some way, shape, or form, do not ever make dua against somebody. Alright? Do not ever make dua against someone. He says, fulfill hadith. Uh, sorry, he says, wakil amrahu ila Allah ta'ala. So he says, um, consign, uh, consign the matter to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, hadith, hadith says, verily, the oppressed ones pray against uh, uh, verily the oppressed ones praise against his oppressor until he takes his right, then continues to uh, to the point where the oppressor has a claim over him which he will demand on the day of judgment. How does that make sense? Wait, could you repeat that? Yeah, so he says Verily, the oppressed one prays against his oppressor until he takes his right. Then continues to the point where the oppressor has a claim over him, which he will demand on the day of judgment. Praised? Like, when someone is, if you have a king and he's oppressing you, and you start, uh, you know, you start, like, you know, there's a certain limit to it, but then you start going beyond by going, cursing him and saying worse and worse things to him, and it reduces your rank as well. Mm. And, And on that day, on the day of judgment... That now the oppressor, the king, yeah. now has a right over your Now needs. has a right over you because you kept on making dua and keep saying these things about him, right? So even saying about things, people that are tyrants, right? You know, we all uh, talk about Trump and all these different types of things, right? Uh, or any other tyrant in the world, right? We don't understand that on Yom Al-Qiyamah, right, we're going to have to answer for these, the, all of these things that we're talking bad about people. You know, this person like this, he doesn't know how to rule a country. He doesn't know how to do this. He doesn't know how to do that. We don't know the situation. Right, so don't make dua against that person. Right, even though Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that fear the dua of that person who is being oppressed. Right, we should never in our life, in like in our day, we should never oppress somebody. Right, we can oppress people not just physically but mentally as well with our words. We can oppress someone. We should never get to that point where we are oppressing somebody or somebody feels like that. Somebody feels just insecure around us. Somebody feels unsafe around us. We should never be, uh, be like that person. Right. And he says, uh, Apparently, who spoke uh, once spoke out at length against Hajjaj. Hajjaj, bin, you guys heard of Hajjaj bin Yusuf, right? the very famous tyrant who killed so many Sahaba radiallahu anhum. You guys should read about him. Right? One of the pre, uh, pious predecessors said to him, Allah will take vengeance for Hajjaj against those who attacked him verbally, just as he will take vengeance against Hajjaj for those whom he has oppressed. So, just because the oppressor is the one outwardly that he's oppressing, but when people say stuff about him too, Allah will take us into account as well, because now we're verbally oppressing him. Right? Our words, even though outwardly we may not have an effect on him, but... We don't know his situation. We don't know how he feels about what we're saying. Obviously, he probably doesn't like it. 
So Allah is going to take us to task for that as well. So make sure that when we're, we should not even put ourselves in a situation to speak bad about somebody. Yeah. Uh, let's say if someone's in charge of doing something, mm-hmm. um, how do you but like how do you go about like are we like say if there's persons making mistakes, horrible mistakes, mm-hmm. right? You're like, okay, maybe in your head, you're like, this guy might not even be fit to be in such a position. Mm-hmm. Would you just make dua that he gets better at it? Or do you... Like, no, I mean, if it's such, an, it's such a point that? where, like, you know, this guy literally doesn't know what he's doing. Like, obviously, you get your counsel together or whatever and, like, discuss it with him. All right? So, listen, like, you know, you know, it comes to this conclusion that, you know, you're not fit for this position. Because the thing is, if you now go behind his back and talk this and that, and now you're literally just feeding him your sins. One time... Um, Hassan, this is actually also ties into ghibah as well. Right, one time Hassan al-Basri, ta'ala, somebody did, uh, did back uh, bait him, and what happened was uh, one of his one of his servants came to him. He said, "Look, these people are saying this about you." So he said, "Okay, stay here." He went. He got him a fresh plate of dates. And he said, "Go give this to that person." Right. He said, and then we, uh, once he get, went, he said, "Once you get there, tell them that Hassan al-Basri said thank you for your deeds." Right? Thank you for your deeds. So when we are talking bad about people or we're like, you know, verbally oppressing them, right? What happens? They're taking our good deeds and we're going to be accountable for this on Yom Qiyamah. Right? Allah tells us, Even if you did a mustard seed of bad, Allah will show it to you on Yom Qiyamah. You're going to see it on Yom Qiyamah. Even if we talked bad against a tyrant. Right? So be careful. And then... Allah will take, uh, yeah, so that's basically, that's the seventh point. So now we have got to the last point, point the eighth, uh, the eighth sin of the tongue. Wait, is it eighth? This is what I'm al oh my goodness. No. Yeah. To me it should be the eighth, yeah. I think because seven was praying against someone. How many, how many sins of the tongue you said? Breaking from, striking. Because he mentioned, uh, he mentioned more here, there's like sub- Parts of it. So the eighth one is the long one. Yeah, yeah. Eighth one is the. Yeah. Alright, number eight. Al mizah was sukhriya wal istihzaa bin nas. Jesting, right? Ridiculing and making fun of people. Oh, the biggest one follows. Right? Fahfad lisanak. Again, he always starts off with this, right? That protect your tongue, right? Safeguard your tongue, uh, right? Minhu from doing all these things. Fainnahu yuriqu ma al waj. Right, he says, for they make uh, they make you lose, uh, uh, for they make you lose face. What? When they make you lose face, he says, وَيُسْتَقِطُلْ مَهَابَتَ وَيَسْتَجِرُ الْوَحْشَةَ He says, guard your tongue from these vices, for they make you lose face, diminish people's respect for you, cause people to have an aversion from you, and damage hearts. He says, وَهُوَ مَبْدَأُ الْلَجَاجِ وَالتَّصَارُمُ وَمَغْرِسُ الْحِقْدِ فِي الْقُلُوبِ فَلَا تُمَازِحْ أَحَدًا They are a source of obstinate disputation and falling out with one another and they sow hatred in the hearts so do not make fun of anyone. We don't, we don't deem making fun of people uh, like a big deal right? because it's become such a normal thing in our society where everybody, if you don't make fun of somebody, you're like the odd one out. Right, if you're if you're not if you're not as I say joning or roasting somebody, right, you're literally the ah, we're not like bro, like why are you being such a buzzkill, right? Everybody's saying this, why aren't you saying this, right? So that's the problem. The, this book, Subhanallah, is it's literally teaching you, or it's reteaching you how to become a human being. Right? It's literally reteaching you that it, these are not things which are you know extraordinary. Like wow, I've never heard this before. We've all heard this before, but it's just that the way he's putting it, it's like dude, like. We have complete. We're in complete state of mind, uh, unmindfulness and ghafla, right? We are so far removed from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that normal acts of human beings seem foreign to us, right? That not making fun of people, like guarding your tongue, right? Uh, what's it called? Uh, making du'a against people. All these different types of things they seem foreign to us, but they're not, right? These are habits of the awliya, of the friends of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So he's saying here. Uh, وَإِنْ مَا زَحَكَ غَيْرُكَ فَلَا تُجِبْهُ وَأَعْرِضَ عَنْهُمْ حَتَّى يَخُوضُوا فِي حَدِيثٍ غَيْرِ He says that if someone else makes fun of you, do not respond and turn away from them until 
do not respond and do not respond and turn away from them until they talk about something else. Right? He says, "Wakun min al-ladina ida maru bil-lagwi maru kiram." He said, "Be of those who, when they pass by idle talk, pass by uh, pass by with dignity." Right? That we're not going to get involved in this in this fut- uh, futility and futile thing. And we're not going to get involved ourselves in uh, you know making fun of people and just literally unnecessary talk. Right? Today we have so many apps for this. Right? Even if we feel like we are not getting physically involved, but we're somehow getting involved. Right? How so? Right? We have all these different types of apps that are on our phone. Right? If you go on Snapchat, right? You have so many different apps where you can find different different information of so many people. Right? You have like you know what, what do you call? It? You have TMZ. We have uh, I don't even know there's, there's so many more you guys know about right even uh, what's it called um what's the other ones uh, you guys know you know when people start fighting what do they say all world star world star yeah world star you have you have so many other platforms where you may not think that oh okay at least I'm being saved from the sin you're not right you're being involved in the sin right you're actively being involved in that sin whether you're giving yourself an excuse that I'm not physically there but mentally you're there. And mentally, you have now have that image of that person to where you're like, you know, if somebody has a defect, right, or some uh, something like this, you're all, you know, the biggest, biggest fitness of this is TikTok, bro. The biggest, <laughs> biggest fitness. I'm not going to mention what, right, but a lot of people know what I'm talking about, right? right? The biggest, biggest fitness of uh, looking at people's defects is on TikTok, right? And a lot of us have been victims of this, uh, of such an act where we look at people's defects and we laugh at them, right? Astaghfirullah. You know, you don't know what kind of, what, what that person may be going through, right? what that person's family may be going through. We never know, right? And we just use it as a laughing stock. Like, aha, you know, look at this guy, right? Check this person out, right? Can you believe this guy? This is what's something we do on a regular basis. And we do not understand the severity of these actions of ours, right? You know, I'll give an example for myself. One time, uh, stuck for the love. So, yeah, this is, I mean, you can pause it if you want. I'll cut it out. Yeah, you'll cut it out. So basically what happened was, it's okay. So what happened one time was I was at the mall, at Tyson Mall with my wife, right? And what had happened was, I honestly, this is a complete mistake. I had no idea. So this guy comes. Oh, yeah. I told you. And this guy comes and like, he like shrugs my wife's like shoulder. And then I was like, yo, obviously you're like, you're like what the hell? Like what's, what's, what's going on here? So I didn't know. So I was about like literally, it's, it was be it was about to be raps, it was be over for this guy. I was about to hit him in the face and everything. Everyone's like looking at me like, oh, what you gonna do, right? So this guy had Tourette's. I didn't know that. I didn't. I had no idea, right? And like I didn't. My wife had to tell me because I was like, I was like, yo, what's up with you, bro? Like I, was, I got up in his face, right? I, I was like, yo, y'all know kung fu tea? I've been like, the, yeah, on the mall. I literally, I was like, what's good with you, bro? And I was like, yo, like so, like. I was in the situation And then you know At that time I didn't read the situation That I should have And then afterwards I was like Oh okay you know This is something that people Deal with on a regular basis And they cannot control it Alright And we look At not just people like this But other kinds of people And we see them On these social media And we just use them As a laughing stock Right? Imagine the severity of your punishment on Yom Al-Qiyamah. How Allah is going to deal with you because you, you, you made fun of His creation. We've already talked about this hadith many times, right? How, what is the honor of, Allah, of a Muslim in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Right? It is more beloved to Allah that the Kaaba be destroyed than the honor of a Muslim be hurt. Right? And not as a Muslim, a person in general. Right? Because as Muslims, people look at us and like, no matter what we are, no matter if we're, if we're students of knowledge, if we're Muslims in general, people are not going to point fingers at you. They're going to point fingers at your religion. Right? The Islam teaches you this. Islam teaches you how to make fun of people. Islam teaches you how to be a bad person. Islam does this. Islam does that. And in reality, if we are, you know, like I said, we're Muslim, right? And we want to, we want to portray our Islam. As soon as we do something wrong, people are literally just waiting for us. Right? People are literally waiting for us to slip up or do something wrong. And once that happens, uh, in these kind of situations, right, um, obviously, like, even if outwardly it is funny, and inwardly we need to understand that, you know, this person, he has this type of defect. And Allah, if Allah wants, Allah can do anything. Allah can give us this, this defect as well. And if not us, it can be our children, right? And that, that's a very big test for every, any single person that's living in this world today, that to have a person or to have a child is a disability. Ask somebody like that. You know how much you're going through? Right? We have no idea. So that's what you call empathy. Right? You have to empathize. And be like, Yo, imagine if I was in that situation, what would I do? If my kid had some defect like this. You had a question, Sia? Yeah, you kind of answered. I was going to ask, like, how, like, if, we're, if we come across something like that, how should we deal with it? 
Yeah, same thing. It's just that you need to understand and put yourself in other people's shoes, right? Like, how would I deal with that if Allah wanted to put me through the same test? So like in right? high school, you know, you saw some like the special people. I'd always be like, like imagine if, like well, one of those were like my kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So and then, like going to this school and like people are roasting and stuff like that. Like help that out with you. Yeah, exactly. You know, for, for like I said, it becomes a laughing stock for us, and at the time, it's very very funny. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to afflict a person with that, Allah save us from all these different types of things. But if Allah decides to afflict you with this type of punishment, or not even a punishment, but like, you know, this type of test, what are we going to do then? Right? Those same people that we were laughing at, like what's going to happen? Right? That's, that's what I'm saying here. So that's, this, this is something he's mentioning here. He says here, وَإِن مَا زَحَكَ غَيْرُ فَهَذِهِ مَجَامِعُ آفَاتِ اللِّسَانِ وَلَا يُعِينُكَ عَلَيْهَا إِلَّا الْعُزْلَةُ أَوْ مُلَازَمَةُ الصَّمْتِ إِلَّا بِقَدْرِ الْضَرُورَةِ He says these eight, right, the eight things that we just talked about from beginning to end, then compromise the calamities of the tongue. Nothing will help you against them except solitude or forcing yourself to be silent, only speaking when necessary. Right? Only speaking when necessary. This is the biggest flaw that everyone has, including myself. Speaking for no reason, for unnecessary reason. We just like to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk for no reason. This is level. This is this is futility, right? So we talk about stuff that doesn't even matter. If we were just to stay quiet, that's what that. This was the um, the habit of the awliya and the pious predecessors of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that they would have tulu samt. They would be, they would have quiet in abundance. They would be quiet for a long period amount of time because they would think and reflect over Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And they would only talk when they have to. Imagine, uh, it, it also like in general, if someone who talks all the time, not that many people are going to listen to him. Right? Not that many people are going to be wanting to listen to what he has to say because dude, this guy is always talking. He's always got something to say. Now imagine a person who says like one thing. Everyone's like, oh, he has something to say. Right? Everyone's like, just stay quiet. He has something to say. He's finally saying something. Right? So for that person, everyone's going to listen to him. So this is also another, uh, another form for us. To be, uh, to be mindful of that, try to talk less. Rasulullah mentioned a very small hadith, man samata najah. Whosoever stays quiet, he's saved from the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or he's saved in general. Right? He's saved in general. Meaning that you can save yourself from so many different uh, situations if you just stay quiet. Right? He says, فَقَدْ كَانَ أَبُوْ بَكْرِ السِّدِّيقَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَضَعُ حَجَرًا فِيهِ يَمْنَعُهُ مِنَ الْكَلَامِ لِغَيْرِ ضَرُورَةِ وَيُشْتِرُ إِلَى لِسَانِهِ وَيَقُولُ هَذَا الَّذِي أَوْرَدَنِي الْمَوَارِدِ He says, Abu Bakr Siddiq used to put a stone in his mouth which would prevent him from speaking except when necessary. He would point to his tongue and say, this is what has brought troubles upon me. Right? Our tongue brings us in so many troubles. So many different uh, troubles in life, we just don't realize it because we're unable to control our tongue. Right? Once we master that, we are able to control our tongue and only speak when necessary, then Allah, we will get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm not saying this is going to happen like overnight. It takes time. Everything takes time to do. I'm not expecting you guys to become you know, saints over the night. It's gonna, it's, it takes time. Even for myself, we're all still working on these, type, these things, right? Like these safeguarding. Just these eight sins that he mentioned of the tongue. Of the tongue like seven of them we already indulge in. We do, we, we do them so many times, often over and over and over again. Right? So these eight things that we've learned, we try our best to hold ourselves back from these things. He says, فَاحْتَرِزْ مِنْهُ غَايَةَ جَهْدِكَ فَإِنَّهُ أَقْوَى أَسْبَابِ هَلَاكِكَ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ So be, be on guard against your tongue to your utmost ability, for it is the greatest means of your destruction in this world and the next. What time? Uh, how, much of long, how long have you had class? Uh, we have, uh, we'll stop at 50, inshallah. So now he's getting into the stomach. So now this is like, now he's breaking down. We, did, we had our main eight types. Now he's breaking those into subcategories. He says, As for the stomach, was that part of the eight? Uh, seven limbs, right? Was it in seven? Did he mention the stomach? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He mentioned, oh, because okay, so it's part of yeah. it. It's part of it. It's part of it. Huh? Yeah, stomach is part of the seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah As for the stomach, protect it from eating the forbidden and even the doubtful. And strive to seek out the lawful. This 
is something which we are all lacking on, right? Eating halal food. We don't understand the severity of what happens to a person when he eats haram food. Rasulullah mentioned that a person who even eats a morsel of haram food, his dua and his salah are not accepted for 40 days straight. 40 days your dua and your salah are not accepted for 40 days. And there's scientific proof behind this as well. It says that once somebody eats food, that nutrition that body gives you, that blood that's flowing through your body, it goes around for 40 days, it runs through your bloodstream. So now imagine, we're trying to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we're not, we're not feeling that connection. So we need to ask ourselves, did I eat something haram? Did I eat some haram food? Am I, like, did I eat something to where I'm, not, I'm unable, that the root of everything, which is my blood and nutrition, right? if that is haram in itself, how am I supposed to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if the root of all of my, all of my energy is haram? Yeah. What if eating, like, for example, you eat something that has a haram ingredient and you didn't know it before, but you, but you didn't know it before, but you ate it. Mm-hmm. And then someone tells you about it, you spit it out. and then. So there's a statement, can't. and actually this is an English statement. It says, ignorance of law is not an excuse. Right? Ignorance of law is not an excuse. Right? Meaning that you should try your best. Right? Here's another issue. Right? My thing is that for someone who is seeking out halal food, don't bother the, the guy who's giving you halal food. Right? If he's saying that he has hand-slaughtered meat, hand-slaughtered chicken, right? then okay. Now you're going ahead. Now you are uh, hurting a, a, the trust of another, uh, another Muslim brother. Right? You, now you, you don't feel like he feels like you can't trust him. Or he can't, you can't trust him because you're like, oh, where do you, I want to see where you get your boxes from. I want to call the, I want to call the place where you get your meat from. I'm going to call that, that meat plant. I want to make sure I call that farm, make sure you get your meat from there. Now you're not, now at that point, you might as well eat grass. Because now everything is, so now if someone is telling you that, look, I get hand-slaughtered meat, right? This is very, very important. I'm saying hand-slaughtered meat, right? Because the, the famous ayah, right? right? It says, وَلَا تَأْكُلُوا do not eat that thing which Allah's name has not been set upon. Right? And this is referring to that which is hand slaughtered, which is hand cut. You know, a lot of a lot of different brothers have this thing about, you know, eating Chick-fil-A or eating different these different types of things. And like honestly, right, I'm gonna keep behind with you guys because you guys are not students of knowledge, right? This is it's different if I'm speaking to a layman. But you guys are students of knowledge, so you guys need to know that whatever you eat has an effect on your spirituality as well. Right? It has a very, very negative effect on your spirituality. Right? So I'm going to be honest with you guys, Chick-fil-A is not halal, 100%. And I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of times we like to, we like to use this excuse, right? It's Ahlul Kitab, right? it's the people of the book. This is not those same people of the book that we're talking about. We're talking about those orthodox Way back in the day, right, those people, if they were slaughtered, because they used to have people come in, say a prayer on the animal, and then after that. But now they don't do that anymore. Right? They, don't, they don't do that in the least. They don't care about that. They have to run a business. You really didn't get take time out, uh, Bismillah, or like, you know, in the name of God. You know, they don't care about that stuff. Right? And the similarly... These now are all... Huh? Like your teacher said, they're employees. Yeah, they're employees <laughs> themselves. Like, dude, they'll hire anybody. They're not going to just hire some priest every time to come by. They'll hire some, you know, Spanish guy, some white guy, some black guy. It doesn't matter to them, right? They just need to get their business running, all right? So that, that's one thing that makes sense. So, and then on top of that, right, another, another major thing is machine slaughter, right? Machine slaughter, all right? And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, all right? But it's very, very important to understand, all right? So there are... The opinion, the most preferred opinion, understand that when you follow an opinion, right? When you are following a madhab in general, like a place to where... Because look, that's why it's important to follow a madhab as well. Because the thing is, the work has been done for us. The work has been done for us. We have these great imams, as Imam Hanifa, Imam Malik, these giants of scholars, right? Who have went with their knowledge in the Quran, in Sunnah, in their Ijma' of the Sahaba, in their Qiyas, and have extracted the rulings. These people were alive during the Sahaba time. Now we think we can go into the Quran and extract rulings? No way. Absolutely not. We cannot do so. Right? So now, the, the great A'imma, right? The scholars, they say that for a person, if you were to go, alright, because what happens is machine slaughter, right? They'll say Bismillah, Allahu Akbar on the machine itself one time, and then 
they'll slaughter the, uh, and then they'll start the slaughtering process. All the chickens will start to go off one by one. So now what it is that the ulama and the fuqaha have come to this conclusion that every, the act of the slaughterman has to be on every single animal. On every single animal. Now if I just press the button and say, Bismillah, Akbar, is my action being done on every single animal? No, right? It's not. It's absolutely it's not. It's only being done on the first chicken. So the first chicken will be fine, but everything after that is not. Right? And now this is, this is very, very serious because you guys, you guys might have a lot of difference of opinion with our brothers at Medina Musalla. Right? Because they're, they're very heavy on this stuff. Right? But I'm telling you guys this because it's very, very important because that stuff that you're eating, right, it has an effect on your spirituality, on your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Do not eat that which Allah's name has not been mentioned on. Why? It is a fisk, it is an open sin. You should not be eating that stuff. You should know inside your heart that if I'm asking this brother, right, he's telling me it's hand slaughtered, right? Alhamdulillah, we have certification methods in place. If you guys know a, a restaurant, if you guys know a restaurant that is doing hand slaughtered, and you know, uh, because we work, we uh, like you know, I work with scholars who are on this team of certifying places, right? Of certif uh, of certification, right? Or if you guys know they're hand slaughtered, and if you know for uh, for sure, Bismillah, go ahead eat there. But if you know now, you guys know the difference between machine slaughtered and hand slaughtered, right? And uh, Ahlul Kitab. So I'm gonna ask you guys again. So what Ahlul Kitab is completely out of the picture, right? Ahlul Kitab is completely out of the picture because they are not the Orthodox Christians or Jews anymore. Right? Now you have the machine slaughter. Machine slaughter, unless we can come up with the machine where you turn on the machine, Bismillah Akbar, the machine kills the first animal, then it turns off, then you turn the machine on again, this is Bismillah Akbar for the next, then that will be fine. But, yeah. I don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but you know, some, I've, there's one company that does, or one certification group, they have people who stand there, right? Like two, two guys just standing there and just like, Bismillah Akbar, that's their whole job. Uh -huh. Alright, while the chickens are getting cut. And so, like, they're saying, oh, well, the majority of the chickens are definitely getting the Bismillah part <laughs> because someone's standing there, right? But maybe one or two get missed. The majority? Like, like yeah, essentially, like, we have a train, like, to say, stop. yeah, like, suppose there's a hundred in a minute, right? And there's just, like, one or two dudes just, just sitting there saying Bismillah Hire Bismillah. more help, dude. Huh? <laughs> I need to hire more help. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the, how many chickens can you slaughter in one, like, the clear rate? Because, like, there's a thing that, like, you can do more than one, but, like, how many is, the, what's the limit? Yeah, so we stay, we, what we do, we stay on the safe side, right? We stay on the safe side. So even, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about machine slaughter in general, right? The way that machine slaughter works is that, you know, they have people fooled saying that, oh, we say bismillah, and like, no, you can't just turn on a machine and say bismillah, that's it. The act of the slaughterman has to be on every single animal. Right? That is what it means by that you're presiding the name of Allah on the animal. That physically you are doing the action of slaughtering. You are slaughtering the three jugular veins. Right? Yeah. And there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole process to it. Right? Yeah. And